Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Hey, today we're going to start just a three-part series on the sacraments, and we're calling this series Sacred Channels, and Jake's right. This uh, past Easter, last week, it was our 12th year celebrating Easter as a community of faith. We had three services, and all of them were beyond packed and filled, and we had about 100 people raise their hand to accept Christ last week. Whole rows of people, whole rows of people. So if you're one of those people, please sign up for baptism. Of course, faith starts personally in your heart, but it never stays there. It always goes public and it involves other people. And so sign up for baptism because we will be talking about that. Anyway, my favorite scripture in all the Bible is John 1.14. And John 1.14 says, the word became flesh or the word became a human being and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth or reality. And when we begin to think about our God, he's the only God that would humble himself, lower himself, become a human being. Why? That we could be divinized, have God within us. And so as we begin this three-part series, we're going to talk about the sacraments. And the sacraments that we are calling this series Sacred Channel, they take really the divinity of Christ and mesh them with our humanity where we have a supernatural experience with Jesus. Now, the ancient church fathers, they have seven sacraments, and I will name the seven sacraments, then tell you the three categories they place the seven sacraments in. There is baptism, the greatest sacrament, really, because it represents our regeneration, us becoming new people. You see, we're not just forgiven. We are people that have been born from above. We were born human, but now we have a part of God that comes in us. And we're what John 3 says, we are born again. The next sacrament, which is an amazing sacrament, let me just say this. Our baptism speaks of our regeneration generation, our life in God. The Eucharist or the Lord's table, that nourishes us. Can I tell you, when we come the first Sunday of every month and we celebrate the Lord's table, it's beyond just a memory. It's not just bread and cup, but there's a supernatural quality of Jesus Christ that comes into the mind and the heart of a believer, and we are transformed. Is there something in your life that you're struggling, overcoming, participate in the Lord's table and watch sacred power come into your life where you will be changed. Then we have confirmation, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to come back to it, but confirmation. And those three are in the presence category. Can you say this with me? Say presence. You see, we're not just a group of people that are meeting and we kind of sing. It's like Christian karaoke. No, we are worshiping and we sense the presence of God. Did you not like that song, Pour Out Your Spirit? Come on. That was written by Sabrina during COVID in an 
empty room. And I, don't make me have her come up here and sing, all right? Because she can, I mean, she will really flow and go when we are in a move of the Holy Spirit and he's working in our lives and in our day. Can you say amen? So in the presence category is baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation. Then next week, we're going to go to the second category, which is healing, which is reconciliation or confession, then the anointing of the sick. And I want, I sit before you, stand before you. I'm not standing, I'm sitting. I believe in miracles because I believe in God. And even in my life, I'm named after the Catholic saint of hopeless causes, was born two months premature, my twin sister and I, they dropped me on my head. When I came out, no one caught me. So you said, no wonder. Now I know what's wrong with him. My dad was a chain smoker. He prayed that his babies would live. And if we lived, he had never smoked. And can I say, they named me not after the Beatles, not after the book in the Bible, but after the saint, Saint Jude, the saint of hopeless causes. So if you're hopeless, I got you. I'm your saint. And can I say from that moment, I knew God could do a miracle. Plus my wife who stammered from the age of six, who was diagnosed 10 years ago with an incurable lymphoma is now 10 years cancer free. I believe in the anointing of the sick and it's a sacred channel. We are for medicine. Jesus endorsed medicine. He said the sick need a doctor. But when medicine doesn't work, how many of you know there's a God who created us and we can anoint, we can pray, and God can heal. And we will speak about that next week. Then the last one is the evangelization of the world. And that comes through holy orders and holy matrimony. And we will talk about holy orders. We believe in a priesthood of believers that they they operate in their ministry if you have your bibles let's go to first john chapter two and you may say what is confirmation there is an ancient tradition called confirmation confirmation is establishing someone or something when you confirm something like when someone say is that cute little lady your wife i confirm she is mine confirmation is even more the establishment or truth or reality of a belief can i say we could believe in god but then doubt god but when we have the holy spirit's anointing come on and in and through. I love what David said, that he had accepted Christ about 14 at a chapel service, but he would come late, leave early. He really didn't want to be involved. His son comes from a youth camp and says, Dad, Pastor Jude prayed for me. I've been touched by the Holy Spirit, and I'm speaking in tongues. And his dad said, no way. Then he became curious. He began to seek. He began to prepare. He began to ask. And it wasn't in a church service. It wasn't in a spiritual uh, arena. It's in a car. And all of a sudden, God confirms with him that that he is born again and this confirmation is an ancient practice that dates back to the book of Acts which we're going to read in a moment and was confirmed as a sacrament in the uh, year 200 the second century 
century where they would say people who believe now are being empowered. So some Protestants say the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for today. I say the ancient church fathers knew that the baptism of the Holy Spirit would be throughout the history of the church. And if there was ever a time in church history, we need the power in the person of the Holy Spirit. It is now. And you say, why? Because the Holy Spirit is the soul of the church. And without the Holy Spirit, we'll lose our soul. And I'm wondering if churches are losing their soul because they've forgotten the Holy Spirit. And we're trying to market and we're trying to do other things which we're not against. But today, I'm opening up the windows of our church, of our hearts to the Holy Spirit, that we can be confirmed and have a fresh baptism of God. Can you say amen? And we really do believe that. And again, confirmation validates that our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now go to 1 John. It's all the way in the back of your Bible. If you're in the book of Revolution, uh, rewind a little bit. If you're in Peter, Peter, he did have a wife and he did keep her. Okay, that's stupid. Why did I say that? I don't know. And then you should be in 1 John. Here we go. Go. Verse 27, chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing, and by the way, confirmation in the 200s, the bishop would anoint the candidate who had received Christ with oil in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and that oil represented the anointing. And this is a scripture that they would pray over the one who believed and was being confirmed. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, lives in you, dwells in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. So if you're a young person and you go tell your parents, I don't need you to teach me to drive a car. It's not talking about that. You're silly. You need a lot of people to teach you. Can I get an amen from all the young people? Okay, that was a dad who did that one. Okay. It says this, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. Now, let's go to the book of Acts, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 19. And again, Catholics call this sacrament confirmation it's where the holy spirit comes on in and through the believer and they are empowered please get this you may want to write this down with strength and courage and boldness today the church needs strength courage and boldness to live for jesus christ in this world amen and so let's look at acts chapter 4 acts 2 they had already been filled with the holy spirit Acts 4, they're touched by the Holy Spirit. Confirmation is a one-time event. However, it is followed by many encounters with the Holy Spirit. Then we will go to Acts 19. This is Acts 4. And it's verse 23 to 31. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, did you hear that? One accord. I guess God likes Hondas. Come on, in Acts 2, they were in the upper room, one place, one accord. He's really into Honda, okay? All right, that's dumb. Let's move on. All right, all right, all right. 
Here we go. It says this, the, the priests, the elders said to them, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who's made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Let's just stop right here. This is the world we're living in. Nations are raging kings are deciding and can i say it is impossible for them to come against or permanently remove the name of jesus christ there are nations now that are it's illegal to preach jesus to preach holiness if there was ever a time that the local church needs a confirmation of the holy spirit in a fresh anointing it is now that we will not not just live anyway, speak anyway, but we will live and speak with the anointing of our God that is on us, in us, and flows through us. Can you say amen? Verse 27, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they had not only the boldness but the character, but not personal character, but the character of Jesus Christ and you know what he said in John 17, he said, I do not pray you take them out of the world but I pray that you keep them from the evil one. I believe the days that we're living in will only get darker and darker and darker Darker, but in the church, we will be more fierce, more bold, more courageous, and have the character that comes from another world. And that character is the person in the power, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, where we have fruit of the Holy Spirit coming out of us. That is love, joy, peace, patience. Kind, come on, how many of you need more kind people in your life? I agree with the bumper sticker, mean people stink, amen? And so I want the fruit of the Spirit, say it with me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Yeah, say amen. Okay, let's go to one more verse. Let's go to Acts 19, and this is verses 1 through 7, and again, confirmation is confirmed in the book of Acts. And we see this, let's start with verse one. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus, finding some disciples. Remember, this is a type of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is to confirm their disciples, they're already believers. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I want to just stop. I want you to read that with me. Did you 
receive the Holy Spirit when you believe. Listen to what they said. They said this. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. I want to read that again. We have not so much heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I fear that today in our communication, in our churches, that people aren't even aware of the person of the Holy Spirit. We believe in Father. We believe in Son, but never communicate about the Holy Spirit. But our God is one. He is three. And then Paul asks this, into what baptism were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, that's water baptism, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And so I want to do this. I want to read to you in the second century. This is what the bishop would do when a believer would come and they call it the the sacrament or the sacred channel of confirmation. This is what they would read. The ancient custom began as the bishop invoked the outpouring in these words. I want to come and you could call me Bishop Jude, okay? You're not going to have to kiss my ring, though. But I want to invoke the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, L.A. County, and all of California. We are here to invoke the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm saying we are a hot spot for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it can happen on Sundays, but it can happen in our car and the shower when we're on a walk on the beach in the mountains whether it's raining or not we are here to invoke an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and let me just say when Sabrina wrote that song this building was empty COVID had shut the doors and we were filming. And so it wasn't emotion that was stirring us. The Holy Spirit came into this room. I believe the Spirit of God is here today and the church needs a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is with the bishop we prayed. This is 1,800 years old, these words. All-powerful God. Let's just stop on that. Our God is not weak. He's not a demigod. He's an all-powerful God. Come on. He has power over death, power over the grave, power over the devil, power over gravity, power over nature. Come on. Jesus is all-powerful. Says, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by water and the Holy Spirit, you freed your children from sin and gave them new life. Send your Holy Spirit upon them. Get this, to be their helper. Who needs help? To be their guide. Who needs to be guided? To give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of discernment. Get this next one. The spirit of knowledge, reverence, and fill them with the spirit of wonder and awe. I think we need a confirmation, a new baptism, where we come into awe of the living God. That our mouths drop when we begin to think of his greatness, his goodness, his kindness. But we have a personal 
personal interchange. What David was talking about is not religion. He began to hunger. He began to seek. He's in his car. He's driving to the family business. And the Holy Spirit is not restricted by a building or a church service. I need him in all of living. I need him to guide me, teach me, fill me. Where my mouth drops, says you did it again. I cannot believe how awesome you are. Can you give the Lord a shout? And we asked through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the bishop would anoint the candidates uh, that was being confirmed with anointing oil. And he said, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Okay, let me tell you, you know I was raised Catholic, right? Okay, you want me to teach you how to do something Catholic? Mm, didn't go over too well. I'm going to do it. Come on. Say in the name of the Father. Uh, uh, you got to follow me. You former Catholics, watch it now. Come on. <laughs> Some people are going, what? You could tell the Baptists in here, I don't know how to do this. Billy Graham, you know. <laughs> okay, here we, here we go. Here we go. Say in the name of the Father. Just keep your hand there. You know why they start up there? Because he is the head of the Godhead. And he can instruct your life. Say in the name of the Son. And that's where we receive Jesus, right there in our heart. Then you have to go to the left or the right. If you go right to left, you're saying he came from earth to heaven. No, he came from heaven to earth. Name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I was raised Catholic. My family wasn't, they weren't good Catholics. They were pretty pathetic Catholics. I mean, before Julie and I were born, I mean, my dad was a chain smoker. My mom was a chain smoker. I mean, they talked. I honestly, I kid you not, because they smoked. My mom smoked. For the longest time, I watched myself when I speak and I talk out of my mouth. And one time someone said, hey, did you have palsy? Did you have a stroke? Why did you talk out of the side of your mouth? And, and I didn't realize it. You see, when mama smoked, she'd have a cigarette right here. And she'd go, dude. Go get the dog, you know? And I think I just started doing that, but I never smoked, but I just talked out of the side of my mouth. I mean, how are you, church, you know? And so they weren't even good Catholics. So as a Catholic, I was baptized as an infant. And I don't remember it. And my uncle and aunt on my dad's side, my uncle Shine Everett was my parent. That's French. He was my godfather. And my aunt Emma was my godmother. And uh, honestly, I don't know why they picked someone from my dad's side. They, they are mean. They were French, didn't speak English. And bit my mom's side, why couldn't they? I think I'd have been a better Christian if I had someone from my mother's side anyway. Sorry, Dad. And, and so, kid you not, we'd be baptized, and we'd go to Holy Cross Elementary, Central Catholic High. When I was in first grade, I'll never forget this. It was a Saturday. It's, we were making our first communion. And I had a white shirt, black tie, black pants, black belt, black shoes, black socks. And before you make your first communion, you have to make your first confession. You have to go to, into this box, which is scary for a kid who's in first grade. But that day, I cursed someone out. I mean, I, I, who that's five years old knows that many curse words? And, and so my mom, when she heard me cursing that person out, she goes, Jude, you probably did it like this. She said, you're going to have to tell the priest when you go to confession today, everything you said. 
And I said, I don't want to. He's going to be mad at me and send me to hell. She goes, you, you can't take communion with all that cursing. And so she guilted me into it. So I go into the confessional, kid you not. And the priest opens this little sliding door. He goes, my son, when's the last time you sinned? I lied right in the confessional. I said, I've, I've never sinned. He goes, my son, you've sinned. I start crying. And the gift God gave me, only one, I have a big, big mouth. I don't need a mic. I could preach to 10,000 people just with my voice. And when I, came, I told him every curse word that I said, when I walked out, all of Holy Cross Church was laughing. When I got to my family's row, I said, why are they laughing? My mom said, you and your big mouth. We all heard every curse word that you said. And so I made my first communion, and that is a sacrament. Remember the presence, it's baptism. But yet I don't remember being baptized as an infant. But one thing would happen when I was 14, after communion I was five, but at 14, as a Catholic, the bishop from New Orleans came, and I kid you not, he anointed, because all eighth graders were getting confirmed, whether you had a reality or not, whether you had an experience or not, and they anointed, he anointed our heads, but my life never changed. But something happened, though. And Catholics would say they would believe it was that sacred channel that began to open up my heart. They said that sacrament began to open up your heart because when I was in eighth grade, I was suspended four times from the Catholic school. Mama said, Jude, they think we're students because we go to pick you up and you get suspended. I'm in school more than you're in school. And I'll never forget, we went to a Baptist camp for six weeks in Colorado. We're from Louisiana. You said, why did they send you there? So that you could get born again? No. Mom and daddy wanted to get rid of the twins for six weeks. That's why they sent us to camp. It was cheap babysitting. But the last night of the camp, they gave us a cross. They said, accept Christ, ask him to forgive you of your sins. And I went away. I'm telling you, it was the beginning of an awakening and my baptism really came alive and that confirmation came alive and the confession came alive and I knew one thing for sure that there was a God he loved me and I was a sinner and I said Jesus forgive me come into my heart and I meant every word and he moved in and I knew then that if I would have passed away I would have went straight to heaven that God loved me when I got home I said I don't want to go to the Catholic church anymore mama says why not I said uh where do you want to go I said I'm going to the Baptist church why do you want to go to the Baptist church well they actually read the Bible and we don't and I want to know more about the Bible she said no the Baptist you have to go to church on Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night Friday night, Monday morning. That's too much church. It's going to ruin you. You're going to have to wait till you move out of this house. I kid you not. At 14 in eighth grade, I had a prayer in my heart. I said, okay then. God, I can't fully serve you, but when I'm out of this house, I will fully serve you. And at the age of 19 to 20, I had read the New Testament all the way through, but something happened. 
that changed my life forever. Yes, I was confirmed by a great bishop from Orleans Parish, okay, in the Diocese of New Orleans, but it wasn't a reality. But when I was 20 years old, you guys, I loved Jesus, but I was doubting. I wasn't living for him. I didn't know how. And I had read the Bible, and I, you're not going to believe this, for like two months, I was a bartender. It's not a joke. No, I'm not going to make you a drink. I'm going to get you baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because you won't be drunk as you suppose. You'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Kid you not, the last night working as a bartender, and I was trying, I was trying to be a Christian. Christianity isn't something you try. It's something that overtakes you, possesses you, because it's not a religion, it's a person. Kid you not, I got intoxicated the last time in my entire life, and I never will again. Never. I was working at that bar. It was my last night, and the whole goal of that crowd, if you're a young person in here, I'm telling you right now, it is not cool to get drunk. And if someone's telling you that, they are dumb to the third power. I'll never forget, I got home about 1.30 in the morning, went to the bathroom, and my head is on the toilet. And you know you have to be out of your mind when you put your head on the toilet and you're thanking God for it. Your head is where your rear end should be, and you're thanking the Lord for that. And I said these words, you want God to confirm his reality in your heart today? You know how he does it? Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, and, God, and you say, well, I'm not spiritual enough. Trust me, I wasn't spiritual either. And, but if you really mean it, and you ask, and you say, God, I want you to fill me. I said, Lord, if you sober me up, and when I wake up in the morning, with, I want no hangover. And whenever I would drink in high school, in early college, I always woke up with a hangover. I think it was God trying to protect me, actually. I kid you not, I sobered up instantly. Not only did I sober up, went to bed the next morning, I didn't have a hangover. And I knew I had to go try something different, that maybe it wasn't mass this time. And I had an aunt who went to this church that was called Twin City Gospel. The name should have told me that it was a little bit different. And it was, you're not going to believe this, it was a Pentecostal church. I still remember the preacher. And since that point, it was August 1980, I've heard hundreds to thousands of sermons. That one I remember forever. And this is what he said. I was sitting in the back, back row. If you're in the back row, I got you. I know how that feels. And I'm with my aunt, and I knew she was praying and, and hoping that I'm going to respond. He said, there are people here. You believe in God. You've given your heart to God. He has forgiven you, but you have no power. Your lifestyle contradicts your faith. The way you speak, the way you live, the way you act and think contradicts that you are a believer. Come down to this altar and we're going to pray for you. I was in the back. I kid you not. No one elbowed me. No one pushed me out of my seat. I literally got up and I ran from the back to the front in this church. And a woman, she was an elderly woman, her hair looked like a beehive. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to pray for you. 
And she prayed for me, and I'm not joking you, I've never, I'd never, no one fell over in the Catholic Church. We stood, we knelt, and we stood again. But she prayed for me, kid you not, I fell face forward. And no one caught me. Have you ever been in some... <laughs> That's what happened to him. He keeps falling. Okay, come on. Have you ever been in one of those spooky churches and someone's being prayed for and they kind of fall out, but they have a, a courtesy catcher like this, you know? I didn't have a courtesy catcher. I just fell face forward. And when I got up, the elderly woman's there and she goes, you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I was speaking in a different language. And it wasn't a language that I learned. I learned English from my parents, my brothers, my family, my sisters, my aunts, my uncles. I know a little bit of Spanish. I lived in Spain for five and a half months. However, this language was a supernatural language. And it came with the person in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And from that moment onward to this moment, I am not a perfect person. I am broken, but there is beauty in me, just like every other human being. But this sacrament, that night, that moment, Christ, the living God, was so confirmed in me that every fiber of my being doubt left me. I knew God was good. I knew he was for me. I knew now I would be able to live the way I really wanted to live. Addiction broke. My past was I was freed from, and I became a whole different type of person. And some people in the Protestant church even say the baptism isn't for today. But wait Wait a minute, the Catholic Church in the second century was saying this is a sacrament that will mesh your broken, fallen humanity with God's glorious divinity, and you will have a wonder in your heart and mind of how great our God is. And if He could change me, I am convinced He could change anyone. Can you say amen? Now, what are the benefits of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Let's say it this way. What is the benefits of confirmation, which is a sacrament? I'm going to invite the keys to come up because then you'll think I'm ending. <laughs> Who will give me one more minute? Okay, one, two, three, four. All right, I got 30 more minutes. Let's go. Confirmation roots us deeply in the divine family. It's going to come up on the board. In a minute, we're going to read this together. When that, that moment, now look. When before I received this, uh, this sacrament, I would go to church, but I was, I was inconsistent. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget, I went home that night, mama, my brother, my sister, some of my aunts and uncles were at our house. They said, you guys, I, I went to Twin City Gospel. They go, you went to that church? I go, yeah. They said, was it weird? I go, no, it's awesome. They said, what happened? In fact, they said, we heard those people speak in tongues. They go, mm-hmm. I said, Mom, they, they prayed for me, and I fell over. And when I got up off the ground, I was speaking in another language. She said, well, you better take a shower tonight, because if you take a bath and the Spirit comes on you, you may drown. <laughs> Kid you not. Kid you not. From that moment onward, I no longer had a spirit of fear. But I knew I was joined to the very family 
of God. And I want to give you this scripture. It's Romans 8, 16, where he said, we don't have to cry in fear as the world does. No, we have a spirit of adoption where we cry, Daddy, Papa, Abba, Father. Will you read this with me? Confirmation out loud. Let's read it together. It's going to come on the screen. Uh, here it goes. Someone's going to eventually put it on the screen. Bam, maybe... <laughs> Ah, is it there? Okay. That's magic. This is a powerful finger. Let's read it together. Confirmation roots us deeply in the divine family, which makes us cry. We're in a family. It's called the body of Christ, the family of God. The next one, confirmation brings a Jesus reality in the life of the believer. Acts 4.13. It says, these untrained uneducated men but we can tell they had been with Jesus before the baptism of the Holy Spirit Peter's denying Jesus then he's preaching Jesus and would be crucified upside down you know what it says you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth you know what witness is it means you'd be willing to even die. That's how strong this sacrament is. Let's read that one together. Confirmation. Let's do that again. Confirmation. The next one, number three. Confirmation endows the believer with the gifts of the Holy Spirit in and through us. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. That we are endued, empowered with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can I say, I think we need sovereign gifts that go beyond our intelligence, our gift matrix. It doesn't matter with personality tests. I want the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you about one of those gifts. It's called discernment. 12 years ago when we moved here, my wife had a, a lump, a, a bump in the back of her neck. It was in the morning. And I know a lot of people, when you think in tongues, maybe you think it's weird, it's gross. You know, well, I know someone who spoke in tongues and they were weird. Well, they were weird before they spoke in tongues. Come on. And it, it, it's, but to me, it's not getting on a platform and just babbling off. It's a prayer language. In that morning, I was just lightly praying in tongues. I said, God, what is that lump on the back of Becky's neck? And I was lightly praying in the spirit, had a cup of coffee. He said, lymphoma. And I knew then that we were going to have to pay attention. 18 months later, she was diagnosed with an incurable lymphoma. And if the Holy Spirit, the beautiful Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit had not given me that impression, my wife would not be living today. But she's 10 years cancer-free. Yeah. You say it with me. Let's say this. Confirmation endows the believer with... Is that one up? Yeah. You, are you going to read with me? Okay, don't leave me hanging. Here we go. Confirmation endows. Next one. Confirmation gives us special strength and boldness. We need strength. We need boldness today. Amen. Let's read that. Confirmation gives us. I want to stop on that. We're going to say that again. The day and hour we're living in, we need strength 
to live for Christ and we need a boldness. The last thing the church needs is to be asleep, woke, and trying to appease everyone. It's impossible to please everyone all the time. I want the boldness of Jesus Christ. Can I say, I think the day and hour we're living in, they don't want teachers. They want witnesses. We are not just teachers. We're not just preaching. We are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is a reality because of the confirming work of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Then this is the last one. Uh, confirmation is the anointing which teaches us all things. Not just church things. How many of you started a new business? How many of you want it to go better? It's that anointing that will lead you and guide you to why you're created. Let's say that together. Confirmation is the anointing. Okay. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? First of all, you ask. The Bible says if you be an earthly parent, know how to give good gifts to your children. If your child asks for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. If he asks for fish, you're not going to give him a steak. If he asks for a piece of steak, uh, you're not going to give him a scorpion. How much more if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, if he, will he not give it to you? Just ask. It's simply asking. I like what the man said in the video, David, his story. He said, I couldn't believe it. Nathan says, Pastor Jude prayed for us, and Dad, I spoke in tongues. He goes, no way, you did? He starts researching. I think it's good. He starts um, studying. He starts preparing, and he asks God, I want to be baptized. I want the Holy Spirit. And another one, would you do? I think we got to prepare our hearts. We prepare for so many things, a job, an interview. How about preparing our hearts for the Holy Spirit? And I'll tell you what prepared my heart for that night when I was baptizing the Spirit. It was, I was done trying to live and be a Christian so unsuccessfully where I wanted to be holy, I wanted to be righteous, but the things I wanted to do, I didn't do, and the things I despised, I end up doing. Who delivered me? It was the baptism of the power of the Holy Spirit, which is is a sacred channel where the grace of God came and where that which used to be dark it became light that which was demonized became divinized and God began to really heal my brokenness and I look I'm not perfect but I'm telling you for 43 years you could ask my wife there's no way I can't deny him he's all throughout me he's in me he's around me I don't know how to live without this sacrament where would I be without the Holy Spirit. People ask me, do you pray in tongues? Yes, all the times. A friend of mine, a great Baptist friend of mine, I said, well, do you pray in tongues? He said, only when I'm confused. He said, do you? I said, I think I'm a lot more confused than you. I need to. Come on, I didn't write the Bible when you don't know how to pray. The Spirit will pray through you. Every day I don't know how to pray. Do you know what we've been through? Masks, no masks, vaccines, no vaccines. The world is in trouble and the world will get darker and darker. And the church needs a soul. And the Holy Spirit is the soul of the church. We need to open the windows of our hearts, our minds, our intelligence to the Holy Spirit. We are sensing a wind that is moving and we want it to go beyond this building. We want it in California. California is amazing. She needs an outpouring. She needs a move of God. 
She needs a revival. Look, we're smart, but America is imploding. She's crumbling. We need God back again. We need God in our schools, God in our companies, God in our homes. We need to stop medicating and opening up our lives to the person in the power of the Spirit of God. Come on. I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic, Atheist, Buddhist. I want the Holy Ghost. Dear God, I better sit down. My goodness. You think I came out preaching? I'd have never witnessed for Jesus. Even when I believed. But when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Two weeks later, we're out in front of a bar. They said, hey, we're going witnessing. I didn't even know what witnessing was. And they had a megaphone connected to a car battery. And he said, Jude, you just gave your heart to Jesus. You were filled with the Holy Spirit. Come and tell him what the Lord has done. I go, no, 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 I don't do that. That's not me. I'm more shy. They said, no, tell them. And that's how Pentecostals are. And I'm telling you, I said, my name is Jude Fuquay. And all of a sudden, the spirit, that sacrament, I had a boldness come on me. I started preaching. And my uncle was walking out of the girly bar. He thought he saw Satan. No, it wasn't one of those cute bars that are trendy. No, it's one of the bars you should never go in. And all of a sudden, by the time I got home, he had told my aunt, who called my mother, the whole family and hundred first cousins on both sides knew Jude's gotten the Holy Ghost and now he's preaching all over our town. And mama said, can't you go and have a revival in another state? This is embarrassing. I said, you say it again, I'll preach tomorrow. And by the way, that's 43 years ago and I'm still preaching because it's a reality. It's real. The Holy Spirit is real. He gives you character. He gives you boldness. Come on. Oh no, some of you are way too cute with your face. How about my Becky? She couldn't even talk. Could not even talk. She's in university, but she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. She couldn't say my name is Becky, but she could Shondai really good. Come on. She would lead more people to Christ. She helped start a Christian fraternity on her university called Chi Alpha. And she was the person who brought the most. How? She was a witness. The world wants a witness, not a spiritual guru. Come on. Can you say amen? Stand up, my goodness. You got to ask. You got to prepare some. And you know what? You have to receive. You have to receive. And so I come to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I come in the greatest name ever given under heaven by which men and women can be transformed. That is the name of Jesus Christ. I come under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, your life will never be the same. I think every young person in our church needs an encounter with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you are one way today, but one way tomorrow when you go to school, your faith is shallow. I want a faith that changes my life forever. Amen. Woo.
How many of you say, I want, I want Pentecost? This sacrament perpetuates Pentecost confirmation. If the church ever needed Pentecost to be perpetuated, it's right now. Are you with me? Put your hands like this. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you. This is our upper room. And we pray now, confirm, validate, authenticate the work of Jesus Christ in our hearts. From the front to the back, to the left, to the right, and even online. I pray now, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, that you would be anointed by the power in the person of the Holy Spirit. And you will know with every fiber of your being that God is a reality. And you're having a new awe and reverence of God. He is filling you with wisdom and might and discerning and knowledge. He is filling you. People will think that you're a genius, but you'll know it's the Spirit of God. The anointing is going to begin to guide you. The anointing is going to begin to lead you. The anointing in your life, in your business, in your relationship. We want more of the Holy Spirit. We do not want less of the Holy Spirit. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. We begin to declare that California is coming under a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We pray Sacramento be revived. We pray Los Angeles be awake. We pray Santa Barbara, Ventura, L.A. County, from Malibu all the way to Montecito. I command an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on God's people in God's church now in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray a little bit for California right where you're at. We don't need less of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We need God to come, touch our lives, fill our lives anoint our lives to accomplish his purpose in our time in our space in the mighty mighty name of Jesus Christ and we believe we so appreciate you spending time with us if you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California you can go to our website citychurchca.com and click give thanks again and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday